Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Pop Buchanan, the founder and host of Sober is Dope. And I just wanted to say happy holidays to everyone and touch base. It's been a while since I actually spoke directly to you guys on the podcast. I've been so caught up in um, doing these prayer videos and um, putting together these amazing videos for Spotify and building the Sober is Dope YouTube that I haven't actually checked in on the podcast tip. And I just wanted to touch base and just say happy holidays to everyone. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Um, you know how big is, um, you know how important it is for me to talk about the importance of gratitude and use of gratitude as a tool for your mental health and also your recovery. So I'm extremely thankful for everyone in the Sober Dope community and everyone that's been supportive throughout the years. Sober Dope will be three years old in April of 2022. So I'm really excited that we have come this far and we have a long way to go. And I also want to thank everyone for helping us reach 100,000 plays um, in under three years, which is a big uh, milestone for me because when you talk about recovery and addiction, it's not a popular topic. I know it's trending now um, and we've come a long way in general and talking about recovery is uh, um, not easy and we're still breaking the stigma. So what happens is when you see a number like 100,000 plays, you start to feel hope that people are listening the message is reaching the intended audience and that's anyone that may be struggling with addiction or thriving in recovery. Either way, we're all the same. We're all on that spectrum. Either we're recovering from addiction or we're in active addiction. And um, either way, the message is for um, either one of us that's on whatever side of the fence. So I'm excited. Uh, my friend Missing May had, when she saw the post, she said that number represents hope. And I agree. There's a lot of hope in 100,000 people um, listening to the message of recovery. So thank you, everyone, for that. I want to just do some housekeeping. Um, for anyone that does listen to Sobers, though, um, if you're on Spotify, we just launched a Spotify video for the Sobers Dope podcast. So we have a lot of creative videos that you can see that acts as companions for the podcast. We were asked as Spotify to be some of the early beta users of the Spotify video feature and it's extremely new and I'm excited to crank out the videos. We started doing a lot of prayers and we are doing a lot of interactive videos that, you know, take us outside of the dimension sometime of just listening, sometime adding a visual aid goes a long way. Also, the Sobers Dope YouTube channel has reached um, about 2,000 subscribers. It's about a year old, and I'm excited. We have over 400 videos, um, everything from famous people giving motivational messages to me speaking about recovery, and everything that I talk about on Sobers Dope, to um, information that can help you thrive. The intention of the Sober Stove YouTube is to give you guys visual aids and companions to the podcast um, and to add a lot of different tools on there that you can use, especially in a motivational category. So definitely check that out. If you haven't, please take a moment to subscribe. And um, as you all know, we just had Thanksgiving. Uh, we did Black Friday. I have 
for the Sobiz Dope store. So for anyone that's new, Sobiz Dope is also a brand and we have SobizDope.net where you could get all type of messages that support the recovery theme and the Sobiz Dope theme. So you get the classic Sobiz Dope shirts, you get the classic Sobiz Dope hats, everything from cleanest dope, recovery dope, got a sober brand, um, the international sobriety brand that we launched where we have sobriety in all the different um, languages and names. We also have the Sober Stoke Bombers. It's just fun. So what we decided to do was to give everyone a month to be able to shop for the holidays. And we have a promo code which gives you 30% off um, any item you want on the site. You can get it at checkout and the code is Sober is Dope. So you can get 30% off or you can link on the bio, um, our bio link um, on Instagram, and I'll also put the link in the show notes here, which will take you to the website. You'll be able to shop, and anything that you buy, um, 30% will be taken off the top. And this is just to help get the message out there. Remember, a percentage of the proceeds from the store goes to charity, and the rest of it goes to rebuilding and um, the podcast, bringing on bigger guests, and improving equipment and sound and stuff like that. And it also helps with the YouTube. So it all goes back and it all helps us spread the message of recovery. So definitely support SoberStope.net and um, I'm very excited. Now, I want to just share a specific message that I learned this week and it's been really sitting with me and it's from a video that I did on YouTube with Dr. Gabor Mati and this video was part of a long interview he did with Tim Ferriss talking about addiction and this touched me because Dr. Gabor Mate is extremely, he's one of the biggest authorities on addiction. He has really radical ideas because of his um, work with trauma and patients who deals with trauma and pain in the addiction community. Um, he's the author of the, um, the Realm of Hungry Ghosts and a lot of other books that's also amazing. I'll put those in the um, show notes also. But what he was talking about and he was challenging the idea that addiction is neither a brain disease or a choice. Um, he was saying that people say it's a choice so the criminal justice system can actually punish addicts, right? Because it's easy to just say, well, they had a choice opposed to um, the reality that sometimes addiction removes the will because it's an addiction so the idea that you may have a choice all the time is not always accurate because sometimes an addict kind of just blacks out and don't necessarily know what they're doing they're just following a set of chemical impulses that's drawing them to their drug of choice so it's a real gray area there but Dr. Gabor Mate gives us a lot of insight he also talks about the relationship with childhood trauma and pain and the relationship between childhood trauma and addiction and also mental health. And this was really groundbreaking for me because sometimes we tend to neglect the environments in which we raise our children. We take certain things for granted, like an argument or being loud or fighting in front of a child or yelling at a child or just neglecting a child. Right. So we know that neglect, um, a kid processes neglect as trauma, um, fights, fear, agitation and stuff like that. It causes the child to kind of tune out. And Dr. Gabor Mate was putting it in a way where he was saying 
if you are a baby and I'm pushing you or if I'm making you feel unsafe or I'm being aggressive and loud, you can't necessarily protect yourself. So what the brain and the mind tends to do is shut down and tune out. So that tuning out process, separating you from your actual reality is a coping mechanism and defense mechanism that the child naturally has because the mind is going to attempt to protect the child. And that tuning out process leads to children becoming adults who tend to seek escapes when they're in a traumatic or fear-based experience or situation. So this is important because there is a link between abuse and trauma and addiction. And Dr. Gabor Mate gave this beautiful, eloquent argument, and I'll try to attach parts of it to the show so you can get some context. But for me, um, it was really deep because it's easy to say, you know, addiction is a brain disease and addiction is this and addiction is that. I think it's a mixture of all of these things. And I think we pull from different aspects of science and um, information and based on empirical data that we have and personal testimonies. So in my case, you know, I always tell you guys how I believe that there's a link between trauma. Well, it's not just me. The scientific community also um, agrees that there's a link between trauma and mental health and depression and how our brains process grief as loss and that loss tends to affect us through our neuroplasticity right when you have a death in the family or for some reason you go through a bad breakup or you get fired from a job doesn't matter what type of loss loss in general um, definitely affects the brain in a negative way and can create a mental health component such as um uh, mania maybe bipolar high functioning depression ptsd so on you know it could be any form of um mental health that could um arise from this actual loss and in my case i always talk about my father which um, i just dropped a single about my dad that was a tribute um called rocky the g you know my dad name was raymond vernon buchanan but everyone called him rocky just like everyone calls me poppy you know um I wanted to do a tribute for my father, but the thing is, the whole sober is dope story kind of stems from loss. It starts with loss. Um, that's I trace back my personal trauma to the loss of my dad, and you know that just sucks. You know, losing a parent is never going to be easy for anyone, and there's millions of people who probably go through the same thing. But for me. Um, I was escaping that reality and as a young kid smoking weed as a form of escape then you know staying out all type of night as a form of escape chasing girls as a form of escape not paying attention as a form of escape drinking as a form of escape rebelling as a form of escape that was all of a coping mechanism of me dealing with my trauma it's just not the only aspect but it's one of the components again there's many things that could lead a person to live an addictive life style and to turn that switch on in the brain where you're just stuck in this compulsive routine but it's important for each of us to trace back our personal trauma um in our own stories and take some of the science to make a connection a deeper connection because i think sometimes we get sober or we go to see a therapist or someone and they may give us medication and we may go to 12 steps to deal with our addiction but i feel like if we don't go back to the root cause of the trauma and the pain right if we don't trace back the steps to our childhood and stuff 
it's going to become a little bit difficult to actually put these things in perspective so it's really important to trace back your personal trauma in your own story and in my case dr gabor mate turned a light bulb on right where he was talking about a child just just the idea of a kid being in a traumatic environment and not being able to protect themselves so the mind kind of tunes out the reality to protect the kid and those type of that reality that tuning out actually affecting you later on in life right so when you have conflict or trauma as an adult or young adult you tend to seek drugs or alcohol or seek escapes to get out of that reality and it's all how your body is hardwired to cope and deal with trauma uh i'm really excited and i just wanted to share that with you so if you're out there and you're listening for the first time there's a lot of ways you could deal with that um i would say i use prayer I use meditation. I talk about my life a lot to people. You know, sometimes they say, how do you deal with guilt and shame is to confess it to someone, to speak to someone about the nature of your wrongs, the nature of your pain, the nature of your trauma, you know, speaking to it, sharing it um, publicly or with someone personally kind of helps you um, unburden yourself, right? Um, also writing, having a gratitude journal, writing about the things that you're thankful for and also the things that you feel like are bothering you or hurting you in your life. And, um, and, you know, reading, listening to podcasts, making sure you get your rest, making sure you pay attention to your diet, making sure you drink a lot of water, making sure you have positive thoughts. That's the next thing. I feel like too many of us let our minds hijack us through fear, right? We live in this fear-based environment. And I'll give you an example. You wake up, you're having a good day. You wake up, you feel good, and you put on the news. Now, the news, we know a program to just feed you and throw fear at you, right? So now that you're watching this program, right, it's programming you to put your body into a parasympathetic response, uh, actually a sympathetic response, which is this fight fight or freeze so now you're watching the news you get intense you're thinking about all of these things it's shaping how you look at the world and now your environment turns into a fear-based environment right it, it happens that fast um and that's how easy you could turn your actual environment from being a positive environment to a negative environment and then you start listening to the fear then you start feeling lousy your immune system takes a hit then you just start to feel really down and i want us to be more mindful of this phenomenon and this potential reality because it happens within minutes and seconds you could just be walking you get on the phone with someone that's negative and they can shift your energy you could get on you know you could see something happening to shift your energy you could live in the past or live in the future meaning that you're letting your mind wander and through your imagination you create these scenarios where you're afraid or these scenarios where you're scared and that also affects you now the science we know we want our body to stay in the rest and digest state that's your parasympathetic state our nervous system and this is the biggest part of what i learned in 2021 our mental health our recovery our physical health our well-being all boils down to our nervous system if you can't control or or, or if you're not aware of how your nervous system is functioning, you're just going to be on autopilot and eventually you're going to create these autoimmune issues because you're in this fight, fight or freeze um, state all day long.
right? And we don't want to stay in that state. We want to stay in rest and digest. So when you have this sympathetic response to stress, fear, anger, or your environment, and your body shuts down, and you start sweating, and you get tense, and you start pacing, and you start getting angry, and you start thinking and ruminating about all the negative things that's happening, you shift your body from a harmonious state into a toxic state. And the goal is, is to recognize when this is happening so you can shift your body back into what we call a parasympathetic state, where you are resting and digesting. And we know you can only heal and recover in a rest and digest state and your immune system functions um, properly in a rest and digest state your immune system can't function properly in a fight um, fight flight or freeze state because it's using all of its hormones and energy to prepare you for to fight or to run right so it takes resources away from your immune system and it's putting those resources into your muscles so you can get ready to fight or, uh, or run and if you're just watching the news and your body's putting you in a state to go to war you're not serving yourself. And if you do this too many times and it happens on autopilot, you start to create these autoimmune issues, these stress issues, and your health takes a real hit. And that's the environment where disease, cancer, and all of these things can flourish in a fear-based environment. So the goal is, is to know your triggers, just like you do with your addiction, understand your triggers when it comes to your mind what may trigger you to get into a fear-based state what may trigger a fight flight or freeze scenario right and understand how you feel in these states for me i get shortness of breath I get very irritable, I can't concentrate, and I snap on people. That's when I'm processing too much data, I'm not taking time to calm down, I'm thinking about what's gonna happen Monday, what's gonna happen Tuesday, I'm thinking about what happened yesterday, and I'm not focusing on it now. The goal is you wanna focus on the present moment to snap you out of the awareness of the past, present, and the past and future. You wanna stay in the now. You stay in the now, focus on your breathing, and deactivate the stress response or the fear response and put yourself back into the healing, the state of healing. And um, this is how you deal with the trauma. So going back to the childhood trauma, if something triggers you to activate that trauma response in yourself, and this is when you try to look for an escape, right? Something stressful happens, we're programmed to go to the bar. Something stressful happens, we're programmed to go smoke weed. Something stressful happens, we're programmed to go do drugs. When you are, when you're naturally supposed to focus on your breathing, meditate, relax, and de-escalate and deactivate that fear response and that stress response. Get yourself back into a, a healthy breathing state, a calm state, and recalibrate that nervous system to get back into a stress-free environment. These, this all goes hand in hand with addiction recovery, mental health, peace of mind, and how to navigate the confusion the confusion of life in general. Um, so this is what the theme has been for 2021, especially since we're approaching the new year and this is the holiday season and we're coming out of this whole pandemic environment. And now they're saying that we have this new strand coming and they're gonna put more fear on us. I wanted to touch base with you all to let you know that one, I love you. One, I want to say happy holidays. I want to let you know how I'm thinking, how I'm studying. Studying, 
um, that concepts of recovery, addiction, healing, um, and where the science is taking me for 2022. And then what I want to talk about uh, with For Sober is Dope coming up in the future is really understanding triggers and how to de-escalate these triggers to get ourselves, to keep ourselves into this peaceful state of existence, to stay away from stress, um, stress routines and stress thought forms and thought worms and ruminations and all of these things and fear-based um, mind control and letting our environments take over and hijack us. This is important. All right. So before you get too stressed where you may relapse, you have to understand first, hey, I'm being triggered and this trigger is causing me to feel this way. And I don't have to feel this way because this is not real. I can shift my emotions back to a healthy place. And this is like, I think, step one. And um, I think the future of recovery is um, understanding how your brain connects with your nervous system, how you're breathing connects with your nervous system and how you connect with your trauma and your trauma response and how you deal with trauma, conflict, and fear. If we could get that under control and have techniques to keep us in a parasympathetic state where our nervous system is calm and at rest and digest state, we could win. And guess what? We don't only win we, uh, we can improve our life expectancy, our lifespan, how long we live, and our quality of life, how we look, how we feel. And I could get into that a little bit more later when we talk about the T. LeMay effect and things like that, how your environment can actually dictate how long you're going to live or and then what quality of life you're going to live. You can live a very long time and have a really poor quality of life. You could be sick, in and out of the hospital, overweight, upset, stressed out addicted and all of these things i'm talking about i want you to live a long life feeling your best looking your best and responding to your environment with the correct tools to stay on top of your game you're listening to sober is dope i love you all i'm pop buchanan your host i'm gonna put this video up on spotify and youtube and the audio is gonna be um all over the place so you can listen to it normally or you can check in with me i wanted you guys to see my face let you know I'm healthy, I'm well, um, I have a f uh, free moment tonight to connect with you. And I just wanted you to know that I love you and I look forward to connecting with you all in the future. Go in peace. I love you all, my friends and family. I'll catch you on the other side. Peace now, and love. The official definition of addiction, according to the American um, Society for Addiction Medicine, is that this is primary a it's a primary brain disorder. It arises in the brain well, largely due to genetic reasons. This is how they see it. And I say that's just not uh, true. The other popular idea about addiction is that it's a choice that somebody makes, that people choose to be addicted, which is what the legal system is based on. Because if people are not choosing, what are we punishing them for? And, and uh, so I, although I think the medical definition is closer to the truth, I don't see it as genetic, it's a genetic disorder, and I don't see it as a primary brain disorder. So let me perhaps show you why, if that's okay. I'll read you a quote here, if I may. Yes, uh, please. This has to do with uh, the, the sensitive child. The child is very open and can feel the pain and suffering going on in its immediate environment. The child is aware of its own body and can also feel the tension, rigidity, and pain in the body of the mother of anyone else he's with. If the mother is suffering, the baby suffers too. The pain never gets discharged. The organism does not develop the confidence that it can regulate itself, that things will happen the way they should, hence lack of optimism.
Mm. Okay, now, Mama didn't abuse me. She did her best to look after me, but she was stressed, depressed, terrorized, grief-stricken. I'm picking that up as a sensitive infant. Can I fight back, change the situation, or escape? No. None of those. What can I do? Nothing I can do. My brain will tune out as a way of dealing with the stress. So I'm not talking about abuse here. I'm just talking about stress mothering or parenting. The child's brain then will tune out. When is the child's brain tuning out? When the brain is developing. So the tuning out then becomes programmed in as the default setting. And that's why ADD. So it's not an inherited disease. It's not a disease at all. It begins as a coping mechanism, which then gets programmed into the brain. And as a lot of these early coping mechanisms function, they help you in the short term create problems in the long term. And that's ADD is one of these examples. And of course, it also makes, more prone, makes you more prone to be addicted because now <clears throat> when you tune out, life becomes uh, less interesting. Uh, you shut down emotionally, you protect yourself. Now you feel depressed. What does depression actually mean? You said you were depressed. What does depression mean? To depress something is to push it down. What do people push down in depression? They push down their emotions. Yep. Why would they? Because the emotions are too painful. So even depress depression becomes as a coping mechanism. You push it down so you don't feel the pain. But then later on, that interferes with your life functioning. So it all begins as a coping mechanism and later on becomes a source of dysfunction. And all this is happening when the brain is actually developing, which we can talk about later. So um, these are the links I began to make, including after I was diagnosed with it. So I, and then despite the fact that a couple of my kids were diagnosed, I knew that this wasn't a genetic disease, that what it is actually is a coping mechanism which got programmed into the brain. And then when I read the literature on brain development, wow, turns out that the human brain is shaped by the environment and particularly by the adult-child relationships. And so it all began to make perfect sense to me.